the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping.
everyone. We want to welcome you to our Inheritance Family Conference tonight. We're so glad that you're here. We're going to experience God's presence together. Yep. So we serve a good God. And, Amen. And we just want to, families to be blessed and touched by God's power. And uh, we're so glad that you're here on this great evening. So listen, this is the first of our family conferences, and you're here for it. The first night of the first family conference. Amen. And you're here as a first group. So praise God that you get to be first. Amen. You're the pioneers. Yes. So let's stand together. We're going to pray and get this started. Amen. Father, we're so grateful for your presence here tonight. We just bless you and honor you. And we thank you for doing great and mighty things in us, through us, and to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship together tonight.
jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of its wind And mercy by your glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me oh how he loves us so oh how he loves us how he loves by the grace in his eyes the grace is an ocean we're all Peace within 
because we are spirit-led people in this place tonight. Hook up with your love tonight. Your love is never fair. Oh, we soar with you like eagles, higher and higher. Places the world can't find us in you. you gave us your word and your spirit. Oh, we give you praise and honor and glory in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your power that's moving in each and every individual here tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your power is present to heal, to touch, and to help in the name of Jesus. There's nothing that you can't do, Lord. There's nothing that you can't turn around. Oh, we just love you, Lord. We yield to you. We acknowledge you as Lord of all. That you direct our paths. And we bless you, Lord. We praise you. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you working in us. We need you leading and guiding us. We need you filling us. We need you touching us. Oh, we need your word speaking to us. And we're so grateful that you're here, Lord, and we thank you that you speak to us. I have pulled you out of the miry clay. And I set you on the rock, which is me. And on that rock, I will make you into a beautiful vase. And I will fill you with good things. My love and my living water. My glory and my spirit. For I am the potter. And you are my clay. And just as my hand touches you, so I will lead you by what I say. Hallelujah. Thank you, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Signature Worship Team. You may have your seats. 
Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right, we're going to make a quick transition. We want to give our speaker the rest of the evening, but we have all these wonderful gifts. So tonight we are handing out five door prizes or giveaways, these gifts that have been donated to us. And the fastest way to do it tonight is by table. So you're going to get to choose who wins at your table by there's five blue tables. And we're to give out five gifts. So the blue tables win. And amongst yourself at the blue tables, you decide who wins the prize. (laughs) And I heard that, go ahead and just pass out, give one thing to each of the blue tables. I heard that tomorrow is Terry and Don Orlando's 34th anniversary. Woo! They will receive an extra special gift. (laughs) So we're done with our part. (laughs) And now the children can, um, where's Josiah? Josiah's our drummer. Follow him. He knows exactly where we're going. So Josiah and Mason, you you guys lead the way down the hallway to the toddler room, and I'll be joining you in 30 seconds. Let's go, kids. All right. Yeah, Michaela, go on. All the kids, follow follow the drummer there. There you go. (laughs) We're done here tonight. Tomorrow we'll be passing out all the rest of the gifts. Man, that's the greatest lightning giveaway I've ever seen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Well, here's uh, here's something uh, funny. Uh, a fourth grader celebrated his birthday on crutches, so he couldn't carry the cupcakes into school without help. And uh, the the father asked the sixth grader to help his brother carry in uh carry them in i could he asked but i would prefer not to spotting a teaching moment the father asked his son what would jesus do and the son answered jesus would heal him so he could carry his own cupcakes (laughs) hallelujah and here's here's another one Uh, after i messaging back and forth with my wife, I jokingly uh, commanded Siri to pass along this message. You need to get back to work now. You have a husband to support. Here's what Siri sent. You need to get back to work now. You have a has-been to support. <laughs> Siri mis- <laughs> miscommunicated the message. And uh, one college student said this. I got my first full-time job. But I, I could have sworn I was making more money in college working for my parents, being their daughter. <laughs> and then uh, just one other one. What did the zebra say to the piano? Dad? <laughs> Got to have a little fun. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, we just want to welcome you to our Inheritance Family Conference. I believe God's going to do great things in families. Uh, We want to thank you for being here. Of course, we thank God who's here. 
Uh, we want to thank all the volunteers that made this happen. And uh, we have a great group of uh, people that uh, just take pleasure in serving and bringing this together. So thank you to all who did uh, work, and we appreciate it. Uh, we're grateful for the vendors and the gifts that we have. That's, that's some good gifts there. Praise God. And uh, so God's going to do some great things. So I'm going to introduce our speaker tonight. And uh, he was here with us uh, last year, and it's good to have him here again. And uh, for th- more than 35 years, John and his uh, wife, Darlene, uh, have extensively traveled the world sharing the transforming word of God. That uh, their heart is to nurture laborers in the end-time harvest. Together, they have touched countless families, uh, ministers, leaders, and young people with the Word and the Spirit. They have led ministry teams throughout the U.S., Canada, Latin America, and Europe, propagating the gospel in churches, conferences, stadiums, schools, prisons, and one-on-one street ministry, reaching tens of thousands for the kingdom. Having submitted uh, under two remarkable pastors and pastoring themselves for over 20 years, they have served the local church over four decades. Uh, As products of the church, they understand and support the office of pastor. John is known for contributing stability and strength to church staffs and ministry teams, helping facilitate the vision of the house. They are widely known for practical and forthright teaching and empowered by demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. You're in the right place tonight. They impart the spirit of faith and prayer, character and honor, leadership and spiritual renewal in their ministry. They have been guests and hosts on Christian television and radio uh, and authored numerous articles, handbooks, videos, manuals and teaching series. John and his wife Darlene have been happily married since 1981, which is 42 years. I did the math. And have uh, two married adult children and seven grandchildren, all faithfully serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want you to give a warm VCF welcome for Reverend John George as he comes and ministers the word. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. This is a wild and crazy bunch to come to church on Friday night and Saturday morning. What's the matter for you? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's going to do something big in your life. And it won't be just because you showed up. It's because you growed up. Amen? You know, there's a lot of things you could be doing right now. A lot of things you could be doing on this beautiful fall night. Uh, we're going to receive our first frost at home this weekend. And then it's going to get down to low 20s um, the day after. So we, I live at 3,500 feet. So even though it's in Texas, we, we, we had six snows last year. So all of Texas doesn't get snow, but we got snow. Two years ago, all of Texas got snow. There was, there was snow on the beach of Galveston. That's the, that's the Gulf of Mexico. So <clears throat> that's not all that weird. But for us, that's, that's extremely common. But uh, <clears throat> here's the difference. When, <clears throat> when you have a frost here and your leaves turn, even before the frost, it's so beautiful. 
where leaves turn where I live, it's only in town because we have no trees outside of town. <clears throat> from, from, I was just looking when I got out of the car tonight. From, from your driveway outside, there are more trees that you can see right outside this building than we have in our entire county. You have way more. You have way more trees than our county, just what you can see. And the reason why is because we're the number one ag-producing county in the state of Texas, number two or three in the nation. Farmers knock down trees. They tear them down. Why? Because they don't produce anything. Right? You can't sell leaves. Right? You can sell wood for lumber, but, but we don't have, you know, it's the high plains. It's arid. It's 3,500 feet, like I said, so a lot of trees don't grow. But this is just such a beautiful part of the country. I flew here from West Texas, but I was actually in New Mexico, and uh, I wasn't even able to go home because I'd flown from West, uh, excuse me, I'd flown to, back to West Texas to go to New Mexico from Illinois. And before that, I was in Tennessee. Before that, I was in, I was in Ohio. Before that, I was, in, I was in Oklahoma. Actually, this is my seventh state this month. So my body is trying to catch up to wh- where I'm at. So, uh, you know, I lost, I lost two hours from New Mexico time on my body when I flew here. But I lost a bunch more hours because my flight was so delayed. Everything was so delayed yesterday because of storms that rolled through Dallas-Fort Worth. And that means it delayed my, my inbound. And then by the time my inbound took off, I missed my flight here. So I had to scurry around and find the, uh, another flight. And I, f- I found the last flight into Baltimore, and it was two hours late. So I got in bed at 5 this morning. That's usually when, you know, my wife tries to get up. She doesn't always get up at 5, but, but, but she gets up pretty early. I get up whenever I have to because of my flight schedules and whatnot. Sometimes my flights are at 5. That I usually don't go to bed because I have night meetings. It's just kind of a teaser to go to bed at night. When you live an hour away from the airport and you have to be there two hours early, that's my life. So I'm in agreement with your pastors that said, we just believe God, God to give you your own aircraft. And I, I'm in agreement with that. I don't have to go through airports or security and craziness. And uh, I have lost so many little Swiss Army knives, the little ones, to TSA, to the security. I, I, I lost my latest one last week. I need to go buy another one at Walmart or wherever. But, but uh, I've given so many of those because sometimes I don't take them. Now, I had two pairs of scissors that are this long, but they took my little Swiss Army knife that has a blade about this long. The world is out of their mind. Has anybody noticed that the world is out of their mind? And we're seeing this over and over. This, these things are repeated. You know, before 9-11, you know what the security questions were? Anybody remember? Did you fly? Did you pack your own bags? That's the first question. There were two security questions. And I always wanted to say back to them, no, I'm not sure who packed my bags. 
well, have your bags been in your possession since you packed them? And I always wanted to say back, no, I, I gave them to Osama bin Laden. I, I, I wanted to see what he would add to my bag. I mean, that's, that's security? See what I'm saying? There was no security. That's not security. That's foolishness. So, you know, how many have heard, you know, that, that common sense is rare today? You know why? Because sense is no longer common. Right? And that, that's what the Bible teaches. So we're going to look into some common sense that's in the Bible in regard to family, in regard to marriage, in regard to parenting. But first and foremost, I need to know who I'm speaking with, who I'm communicating with. How many of you are married? Okay, that's the majority of you. How many of you have children? All right, that's the majority of you. How many of you still have children at home? All right, that's that's the majority of that majority. All right, how many have children at home still under the age of 10? How can we determine how to have a godly marriage, a godly family, if we don't follow the author and the creator of marriage and family? You know what's really popular with young young couples today? They're looking on Pinterest and online to talk to them and communicate with them about how to parent, how to negotiate with their, their child. I call it how to negotiate with a terrorist. How to reason with your child. How to reason with your three-year-old. That's why you have children like are in my hotel running up and down the hallways screaming like banshees. There were eight little boys that were playing some type of floor hockey right outside my door. And so I went outside the door, and my hair was still sticking up everywhere. I went outside my door, and I said, hey! And they didn't even stop. Till I grabbed the ball. Now they can't play floor hockey. Because I have the ball. I have the, I have the, whole, the whole point of the game. I said, this is not a hockey rink. This is not a floor. This is not a gym floor. This is a hotel. Go outside. Go downstairs. Come on. Oh. But you know what? I called the front desk and I told them what I did. And I said, kids are just doing 
outside my door what kids do. Kids are not the problem. And I said, you have signs in your hallways and in your elevator that talk about quiet and be, be quiet. Don't be yelling and screaming. But kids don't read those signs. So what do we have here? We have the same thing that's operating in our world today. We have a lack of adulting. We have a lack of parenting. And everywhere I go, I witness it. I see it. It's common. It's, it's commonplace. Kids don't know how to parent themselves. Kids really don't want parents except to fit, fit their needs. They don't typically, now babies do, but children typically are not looking to you as a parent for companionship. They're looking for ways to get away from you. Now, I'm a senior. I'm on Medicare. That means I'm over 65. But that doesn't mean I stopped using my brain. So I'll go into, I'll go into stores and to get supplies of water and soda and whatever when I'm flying to a city and dig into my room so I don't have to buy that expensive, you know, $5 pop at the, at the, at the market in the hotel. And I see this everywhere. It's in supermarkets. It's in drugstores. It, it's in Walmart. It's everywhere. This craziness because of a lack of parenting that we've had in our nation. And I'll hear these, these banshees. I'll, I'll, hear these, I'll hear these wild natives throughout the store. Anybody know what I'm ta- talking about, right? And they're just screaming bloody murder in the basket or outside of the basket or hanging on to the basket or jumping up and down in the basket, right? And the parent is just going along. (laughs) Oblivious. And so I've developed this habit. And I'll say, please parent me. Please parent me. And sometimes it's from another aisle. And they're not sure where it came from. Please parent me. Because uh, children do what children do. Children are flesh driven. Anybody notice that lately? Right. Children didn't come with a set of guidelines and manuals. Why? Because the hospital and the doctor didn't create your child. They may have handed your child over to you, but the hospital did not make your child. So there's no better place to start this conference and this, these, these two days with you than the book of beginnings. Turn in your Bible. I hope you brought one. Because I don't have any other manual but the Bible. That's the problem. We got, we got so many other things going on and we, we fail to look at the creator of the family. Genesis chapter 1. 
Genesis chapter 1. That's, that's right after table of contents. If you wonder where that is in your Bible. Maybe after maps. But usually maps are in the back. So, so God... If you read Genesis chapter 1, it, it's, it's an amazing read. I don't know how anybody can understand the whole rest of the Bible they're trying to read if you haven't read Genesis. It's the book of beginnings. And God said in verse 26, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. For the, the phrase, let us, it's Elohim. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's who us is. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. The Hebrew word there for likeness means personality. God gave you and all people the personality of himself. And let them who... Mankind, because it's talking about mankind, not just males, and when it uses the word man, let them have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Don't look around. So God gave dominion to mankind, male and female. He gave man dominion and authority over all things. And you know what? Man has succeeded at that verse. How do you know? Because I had a meal yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. Man has learned how to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over all the cattle. I had a great two-inch fillet yesterday. It's from Texas. It was in a New Mexico restaurant, but it was from Texas. The meat was from Texas. So that company, some individual, though, exercised their dominion over the cattle, over that steer. I had chicken the day before. Somebody exercised their dominion over the fowl. I had to dodge a flock of turkeys flying over the road. Somebody is going to exercise their dominion over that, those turkeys by Thanksgiving. Those are big birds. I don't know if you know, they have at least a four to six foot wingspan. They are big honking birds. And those were just the hens. Those weren't even the, 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 the gobbler. Those were just the hens. So man has learned to exercise the dominion over all of these things that mentioned in this verse. Would you agree with that? That's what supermarkets are about. Man has exercised dominion over the earth. That's what uh, Cabela's and, and um, you know, all of these sporting goods stores are selling out of merchandise right now. I saw guys on my flight... From Lubbock to Dallas yesterday, all guests in, in their get-up in their camo gear. They even had camo shoes on. In other words, they were wearing their warfare clothes. 
I'm glad I was not with them after they got their animal and brought it back and had blood all over it. So I was glad I was on the outbound and not the, not the return. So God made mankind. And it said in verse 27, And so God created man in his own image. In the image, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting this on purpose. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Notice there's not a she-male mentioned. Okay, I'll go on. And God blessed them, who? The male and the female. God doesn't bless anybody but males and females. This is easy math, folks. I didn't even have to remove my shoes to figure out the, figure this out. Be fruitful and multiply. Two males can't multiply. Two females cannot multiply. Come on. You're just going to have to trust me on this. And replenish the earth and subdue it. Or take dominion and authority over the earth. Think about this. History was one of my minors in college, and I still study history and look at history. I'm intrigued by history. Why? Because history does always repeat itself. And when mankind came to America, we know about the natives, etc., etc. Most people, young people today, are not taught the truth about history. The natives were killing each other off. There was so much incest that they were dying of disease. They would fight each other, kill each other. This is still going on today. I've been in the Amazon. I've, I've been in, I've been in the, the heavy woods. I, I've been in Guatemala where the ruins of the Mayans is. I've been in Mexico where the ruins of the Aztecs is. I've been in Peru where the ruins of the Incans is. They killed each other off. I've been all over the west of the United States and saw all and studied and read all about the battles between the Comanches and the Apache. Between the Sioux and the, and the other tribes, they had numerous battles with all kinds of different tribes. It wasn't just the white men that came and got rid of, of the natives. The natives were getting rid of themselves. And now what are they doing? They're killing themselves with alcohol, drugs, violence, suicide. Now, I have Cherokee blood in my family. We always want to blame the white man for this stuff. And I was in an all-black church just recently, and people want to blame the white man for slavery. America didn't create slavery. And slavery is still going on around the world. The Chinese are the number one slave drivers. But in Africa... Africans were enslaving other Africans. The Aztecs were enslaving the Mayans. The Aztecs were enslaving other people groups. Those are not white men. I, I could just go on and on. We, we've, been, we've been sold a lie 
And that, that, that stuff has happened around the world. Did, did the Egyptians, they're dark men, right? Did the Egyptians enslave other Africans and Middle Easterners to build the pyramids? Yes, they did. They enslaved Jews. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. We, we've been lied to. Our young people have been lied to. There are young people in the streets today supporting the Palestinians and supporting Hamas in our universities. Why? Because they're no longer taught the truth about history. And they believe whatever their feed is. That the Israelis, Israelis bombed the hospital and killed 500 people. Number one, it wasn't the Israelis. And number two, it wasn't even close to 500 people. But it sounds better when it's 500 women and children and blah, 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 blah. It's a lie. And people believe stuff that they see on the internet. Well, it must be true. It's on the internet. And young people are caught up in this trap because they just believe whatever the feed shows and they don't bother to study to show themselves approved. We could read in this very book, Genesis, about Joseph who was enslaved. We could read about Gideon. We could read about all kinds of people. We read about Moses and the people of Israel were enslaved to the Egyptians. We get all, all in this same book. See, that, that's the problem. If you don't read the first book, how do you understand the rest of the book? In that bookstore right over there, do you start out reading the last chapter? No, you start out reading the forward and, and the first chapter because it's going to set the stage for the rest of the entire book. So Genesis does. So here we are in the beginning. And God created mankind. And he created male and female to have dominion in the earth. To multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue it, to have authority over it. And yes, in the natural, that has been successful. But that's not the only way he wanted us to have dominion. Amen? So... I don't have to go on notes because, I mean, how do you misunderstand this? Charles Capps used to say, people have to, have to have help to misunderstand the word. And that's what religion will do to you. That's what ignorance will do to you. So, so God made man. And then we jump over and the, and the, and the female. To have dominion. Then we jump over to chapter 2. And it says in verse 2, On the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Then are the generations of the heavens and the earth which they, which they were created in the day that the Lord had made the, heaven, the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, and the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, neither was it man to fill the ground. And there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the earth. In other words, God didn't need rain. The mist and the moisture from the ground 
And we, if we get to chapter 5, we won't, we won't take the time to do it. We get to chapter 5 where it starts talking about Noah's day. That's the reason nobody knew what rain was. Nobody knew what oceans were. Nobody knew what water was. They didn't know what lakes were. They didn't know what an ark was. Didn't know what boats were. You didn't need one. So God watered the earth with the mist of the air and the, and the dew and the ground. Right? See, it's all from the book of beginnings. And he, he tells us how this operates and how it functions. And then, he, and then he said in verse 7, And the Lord God formed man, and this is singular, male, homo sapiens, of the dust of the ground. So ladies, legally and scripturally, you can call him a dirtbag. You can. It's, I don't recommend it. But scripturally, there's your verse, Genesis 2, 7. All right, ladies, repeat. Genesis 2, 7. I'm just kidding. Then there's a comma, and he said, He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. In Hebrew, it says speaking spirit. God made the man a speaking spirit in his image. God is a spirit that speaks, and we are a spirit. Come on, somebody. We're not just a physical body. We're not just a soul, a brain, a mind, a will, and emotions. We are spirit beings. I know this is, I know this is primer. I know this is ABC. This is exactly where we miss it. Because we fail to take into consideration how God made us. God is still making man the same way. He gave man the ability to procreate, but God is still putting that life into that flesh in the womb. Science has now developed a camera where they can see when the sperm enters the egg, there's an explosion. And it's a light. What happened? God got in on the process and put life into that body. Put life into that cell, those cells. Come on, somebody. So he formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What happened? He put a spirit in man. He put his very spiritual DNA into mankind. Think about that. So then God said, I want you to, I want you to look and see in verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. 
And the Lord commanded the man of saying, every, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And then the Lord said, After all of this, the Lord said, It is not good that the man should be alone. Now think about that for a moment. Don't read ahead. Don't cheat. Think about that for a moment. Why was it not good for man to be alone? There's a number of reasons. But get get a bunch of guys together without the woman and you've got a big mess. And it's going to end up in a disagreement. It's going to end up in a fight. See, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up. I didn't, I, I didn't grow up with a, with a, in a home with a dad. Except my first four years, and he was hardly there. So I grew up in the projects. Get a bunch of boys together in the projects, and you're going to have a fight or ten. And then what you got? You got mob versus mob versus mob. And that's the mentality of the world today. That's what's going on in the world. That's what's going on in Washington. You got mobs. People wanting to, sorry, people wanting to rule. While I'm here, stop saying that America is a democracy because we're not. That's the same stupidity that there's a separation, a constitutional separation of church and state. You haven't read the Constitution if you say that stupidity. It is not in the Constitution. It was a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote that we should not suppress the church. But yet, that statement has been used to suppress the church. You see, again, people don't know history. We are not a democracy. Democracy ends up in mob rule. That's why it didn't work in Russia. It didn't work in Iraq. It won't work in any other country. It hasn't worked in Egypt, even though we've tried to make it happen. It didn't work in Venezuela. It didn't work in any of these other countries that America tried to to extend a democracy. Why? We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional representative republic. And I don't care what you read. You didn't read that in our founding documents that we're a democracy. Our founders looked at the world regimes and the history. They even went to France. Jefferson, Franklin, etc. They went to France. They went to England. They went to the European countries. Some of them were from there originally and had family from there. And they studied their documents. And they made ours different. None of their documents have the mention of God in them. Ours does. You see, Christianity and faith will survive without America. 
But America will not survive without faith in God. And we're seeing the enemy whittle away the foundations of those truths every stinking year. Are you following me? So what does the word say about these things? The, the word said it's not good that man should be alone, so I'm going to make it help meet. And help meet. Don't misconstrue the word help meet with slave. Don't misconstrue the word help meet, the phrase help meet, with sex object. Don't misconstrue the word help meet with baby maker. It means partner. Not lesser than, not greater than. So what did God do? And I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the rest of this chapter. What did God do? He put man to sleep. He knocked him in the head somehow. <laughs> he put him to sleep. And he took the rib So just like, ladies, you can officially call your husband a dirtbag, we can officially call you a riblet. <laughs> Give me some sauce on that, please. I got a saucy riblet, let me tell you. So God put him to sleep, took the rib. Where's the rib? The rib is on the side. I don't know if it was the left rib or the right rib. Doesn't matter. God took that rib. Not only is the rib on the side, help me, partner, the rib protects the vital organs. Without your ribs, not only can you not stand erect, you won't survive the attacks against your body. I don't know if you've ever broken a rib or not, or even bruised a rib, but the rest of your life is messed up when you get a messed up rib. Everything you do, breathe, cough, bend over. You're messed up, that's right. Bend over, comb your hair, brush your hair, brush your toothpaste. The reason I say that is because my son did that. He said that as a little boy. I want to brush my toothpaste, and so I still say that. I tell his children that he used to say that, and they look at me like, and they look up at him like, really, Daddy? He said, I don't know. I don't know if I did or not, and he did. So whatever you do when you have a bruised or broken rib, I've had broken ribs and bruised ribs, and there's nothing you can do to fix them except time. And it is so painful. It can last up to over a month. And every single thing you do is extremely, not just uncomfortable, it's painful. And you, you learn to do things differently. All right, I'm going to do nothing over here on this side. I'm just going to lift over here. I'm just going to do stuff. So you become ambidextrous really fast. But what did God say? It's not good that man should be alone. It's not because man just needed to help me. Man needed a partner. 
Men needed fellowship. It wasn't just for the purpose of procreation, although that was necessary. But the point and the fact of the entire matter is that God designed male and female to not only be a blessing to each other, but a blessing to him. Now that's important. That's important. Because in saying that, and understanding that, is going to permeate everything I say in the next few hours. Not a few hours tonight, but including tomorrow. While we're here, let's go ahead and read, just read the basics. These are just the basics. God talked about everything that he formed, every beast of the field, fowl of the air, brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. Adam was not a Cro-Magnon, Neanderthal kind of doofus. Adam was highly intelligent. Do you know that everything that Adam called the animal kingdom... It's still used today. It's, they're Latin words, but it's still used today. He's the one who identified them, and they're still used today. Think about the, having to call every animal by name, having to identify what every animal is. That's a lot of work. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, the fowl of the air, and every beast of the field. That's verse 20, 20. It says, and for Adam there was not found to help meet for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. Now let me just say this really, really fast. Think about this. God has created the man, the male, and gave him the intelligence to name all the beasts of the field, including the insects. And he found and he saw... Well, there's a male and a female. I don't got nothing. That would have crossed his mind if he's intelligent enough to, to communicate and identify what they are and see that their anatomical differences don't apply to him. He don't got nobody. So what did God do? God put him to sleep, did surgery on him. And then what happened, watch this, watch this again, Genesis chapter 2, verse 22, and the rib, say rib, Rib. you little riblet, (laughs) and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, from man, you ought to underline, from man, made he a woman. The word for made in Hebrew, I can't pronounce it, but it means builded. Mm-hmm. Builded. If you look it up further in Hebrew, beyond the word builded, she was skillfully made and delicately sculpted. That's why those of us who grew up in the 50s and 60s, we look at a babe and go, wow, she is built. That's actually a scriptural term. I didn't know that at the time, but it's a scriptural term. It's right there. Whoa, she's built. Now, young people don't use that terminology anymore. She is built. 
And that's why men became attracted to women and women attracted to men because we each got stuff the other one doesn't have. Woo! Okay. I need my cell phone really fast. So he made the woman and brought her unto the man. Hmm. Where do you think we got the heritage, the habit, the protocol for the father bringing his daughter down the aisle and giving her hand to the man? There it is. God made her. That husband, that dad had a part in making his daughter into what she is. And he brought her down to the man, to the woman. Excuse me, the woman to the man. That's where we get this. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Thus we got the word in 22, the phrases from man. We still call them women, right? Huh? I wonder if the National Organization for Women, which was a feminist group, still is. I wonder if they ever, ever understood what the word woman means. It means from man. Hello. Out of man. Let me me just interject this really quick. The devil is not a creator. He's never created anything. If the devil was a creator, he'd be making more demons. There are no more demons. A third of the angels fell from heaven on that rebellious day. They got evicted. Jesus said in Luke 10, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. In other words, they were kicked out of heaven so fast. Kaboom! Lightning! What happens after lightning? Thunder. Maybe that's what happened to the dinosaurs. I'm kidding. Anyway, just a thought. You know, it's it's okay to use your brain when you read the Bible. Please do. I didn't see any sign on this property at the front door that said, check your brain at the door. You can still use your brain. So, God made this woman... And last time I checked, women still have a head, a brain, two eyes, two nostrils, two ears. Because she came out of man with similar characteristics. But notice when we looked at Genesis 2.17... It didn't say when God made man out of the dust of the ground that he builded him. He didn't delicately sculpt man. That's why man's so rugged. (laughs) 
That's why men lose hair on their head and start growing it on their back and their ears. When you see a woman like that, oh, help us. You need to check the DNA. Thank God that's not true. Woo. So, you didn't know all that was in these verses, did you? Well, I didn't either. It just came to me. It said, so, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother... And shall cleave unto his wife. That means get out of your basement. Get out of your mom and dad's house. Grow up. Now I'm getting to the less funny part. We have 15 young men from 19 to 34 years of age. That still live at home with their parents and they don't have a job. 15 million able-bodied young men that are still living with mama. And we wonder what's wrong with our society. We wonder why the wheels are falling off. We wonder why our kids are so messed up. It's because we stop doing it God's way. This is God's way. It's time to grow up. Come on, somebody. From 19 to 34, 15 million able-bodied young men. No job. When there's signs now hiring everywhere. Good paying jobs. I went into Sheets last night. S-E-E-T-Z, right? The convenience store. On Interstate 83. And they have an ad playing on their music at Sheets. They're now hiring. An assistant manager can make $81,000 a year at a convenience store that has eight or ten self-serve kiosks to pay for your stuff and you still make an 81 grand. Full-term managers are making 103000 plus at sheets. It, it's just like, you talk about waking, waking me up. I didn't need cold water. I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm talking to the speaker. Are you kidding me? Yet you got a, still 15 million. Well, I can't find a job. Mm. Needed some body work done on one of my vehicles. And when I filed the claim, the insurance claim response came back in an email that said, because of parts, delays, and a lack of labor force, it may be much longer than what you, we anticipate for your vehicle to be repaired. 
Do you know what body shop guys make? They make really good money. Why? Because good ones are hard to find. They make really good money. And we see that everywhere. Help wanted everywhere. Not just at Subway or Wendy's. We see help wanted in major companies. Good paying jobs. I mean, are you kidding me? To be an assistant manager at Sheets, you can make 81 grand? My goodness. Like my youngest grandson. Oh, my goodness. He can't say goodness yet. He says goodness. That's crazy. You didn't know all this was in here, did you? So he leaves his father and his mother and she'll cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. Now why is it repeating this? Here's the next verse. And it's not R-rated. It is in some churches because they don't teach this. And that's why, because they don't teach the truth of this, they don't teach the facts of this, young people go out and experiment on their own in the street or in the world. Hello? It says, and they were both naked, comma, in case you wondered who that was. It says, the man and his wife. Hello? The man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. In other words, it's not shame for a man and his wife to be naked together. <clears throat> One time I was <clears throat> driving in Dallas. I was checking out of a Hampton Inn that I'd stayed at for some weekend meetings. It was Monday about noon. I checked out, but I think it was 11 a.m., well, it was, I think it was around there. I was checking out, getting it. I was went into the lobby. I drove around and went into the lobby and the the, the port of cashier, the, the overhang, and went into the desk. And I, there was a line. There was somebody at the at the at the desk at the counter talking with the agent, the associate. And then there was this little short skirt, low cut top dress. Chick with her high heel shoes on, her stilettos on, with her expensive jewelry, hair, makeup. Usually, I'm, I'm talking about guys at this point, but this was a girl. <clears throat> and I'm a pretty observant guy. And I notice she doesn't have a ring on. Doesn't have a wedding band or anything on her left finger. And then it, it registered in my mind, there were two cars under the port cashier that I had to park around, and one of them was a convertible Camaro with this balding middle-aged guy. That time I was in my 30s. So this balding 50-something guy, 40-something guy. He had a ring on. And he's waiting, and he just said something to that girl, and she's got her little sports car there. And so I'm standing in line behind this girl, and, and, and th- this is what registered in my thinking. All the, put all this together very quickly. She wanted to rent a room by the hour and pay cash. 
Now she wasn't she wasn't a prostitute. She was everything was too expensive for a prostitute. And she wasn't trashy looking. It was just she was just very very stylish and expensive. Like, you know, thousand dollar shoes and that kind of stuff. Uh harlots don't wear that kind of stuff. And sure enough, you know, and nowadays you you can't even rent a room with cash unless it's a seedy little hotel. They'll take anything, but a normal room you you can't even rent, uh, you can't even rent one with cash. They won't, because if you damage it, they have no repercussion. They have they have no way to track you and 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 charge you you know two hundred and fifty for smoking in the room, et cetera, et cetera. That's what they make you sign in a lot of these hotels now, and I'm all for it. But anyway, I'm wanting them to make charge 500 for not parenting their children in the hotel. <clears throat> I always say, I said to that girl on the phone, she was really nice, and I wasn't ugly. I was not belligerent. That doesn't get you anywhere. Uh, I wanted to say here, I, if, you, if you guys can't do anything about this, I, I can help you. Because this is, this is typically what takes place in these weekends. All these teams are coming to town, hockey, soccer, baseball, whatever, and the parents are down in the lobby getting drunk or out at the pool getting drunk while their kids are ransacking the hotel. That's what typically happens. And so I've even said before, we need some more adulting and parenting here, please. I need to make an announcement. More adulting and parenting. I'm not afraid to do that. What are they going to do, kick me out? No, I'm, I'm on the side of the hotel. And the other guests that actually rent their room to sleep. <laughs> the primary thing in hotel rooms is the bed. Anybody notice that? Okay. So, I was done really quick with get, just getting my receipt. I'd already given my credit card, just getting my receipt. That girl had paid her cash, went out there, and sure enough, she got in her car, and he said something to her, and, and then they drove around. And I thought, you know, I could exit right here out of the parking lot, but there's another exit further down to where kind of where I'm going. So I think I'm just going to drive around the building and see what's taking place. <laughs> and so I did that. And she parked way down over here with her car. And he parked way down over here with his car. And in the middle was the staircases. Back when the Hamptons Inn were, Hampton Inns were motels and not hotels, they didn't have an inside hallway. They had an outdoor, like the old Holiday Inns. And so they, went, they, they met together at the staircase. So I knew they were together, confirmed it. They're not married to each other. And they walked up the staircase up to a landing away from the building and then you go to the landing, and then you go landing back up to the building. Most of you know what I'm talking about. When they got up to that first landing, I rolled down my window, and I said, God sees what you're doing. Have a good day. Now, if they were married, no harm, no foul. Right? But they weren't. Why would the husband send her to go in and pay cash 
He didn't want to be seen. He's trying to keep his reputation. This is the problem, people. They try to keep their image, but they don't realize God sees everything they're doing and hears everything they say. If you've been a pastor or worked in a church for very long at all, you hear and see things that you didn't sign up for. They don't teach you in Bible school. And when you dig into things that are tough, you always find out it's deeper and worse than you ever imagined. True? That's why a lot of people are not signing up to become pastors today. They're getting out of the pastorate. Why? Because the days are evil. We, we live in a gross darkness earth. There's gross darkness. It used to be that the church was this place where it was holy and righteous and clean. But now, because of entertainment, satellite TV, cable, movies, music, that spirit is now in the church. And I don't mean that to beat anybody over the head. My family messed up totally before there was cable TV. There was still a devil in the earth. But it's more widespread. The divorce numbers used to be so bad in the world, but now they're very similar in the church. Because the enemy has infiltrated the church. You have, you have to see something. You have to know these basics. We have any former military here? What branch? Army, Army sir? Army? Army? Anybody else? Air Force. I've got two grandsons right now. My dad was a Marine in Korea. We've got two grandsons. The oldest one is in Dover, Delaware, Dover Air Force Base. He's an air traffic controller. The second one, his little brother, three years younger, he's now in harm's way. He's been deployed for his third time. We don't know exactly where he's headed, but he's headed for the Middle East. He was already in Asia. Now they're deploying into the Middle East. By the way, it's on. If you don't know, it's on in the Middle East. This is different than ever before. If you were to take what happened on 10-7, October 7th, it's going to be, you can call it 10-7 just like we call ours, 9-11. If you were to compare the numbers of our population and do the math, on 9-11, we would have lost 50,000 lives instead of 3,000 if it's compared to what happened in Israel on 10-7. 50,000. That's a whole different thing. <clears throat> Israel is a state of the size of New Jersey. A state of the, of the land mass of New Jersey. And it's whittled because of West Bank and Gaza. It's whittled down less than that. And just just to have understanding, especially for the younger people that are here, Jews have occupied and lived, and there are holy sites 
in the land of Israel, including the West Bank, for over 8,000 years. Seven that we can doctrinally uh, dictate and, and look at historically. If you look in your maps, in your Bible, or any map, try to find the nation of Palestine. There's never been one. It was the title given by the Romans as a province. That's where it first originated. Did, um, when was the Roman occupation in Israel? In Jesus' day, right? Right? Okay. Was there an Israel before Jesus' day? I'm not trying to trick you. It's Old Testament, right? If you were to look in this very book of beginnings, God sent Abraham from Iraq to what we call Israel. And he had him build five altars to worship him. And he says, this land you will have for not only your life, but your children and your children's children, both now and forever. In other words, this will forever be your land. All five are in the West Bank. See, we're not taught the truth about these facts. Well, what does that have to do with families? Everything. Turn to Genesis chapter 12. Am I helping anybody? Now, I've got to to wind this down. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Basically, if you wanted to entitle this message tonight, it's God's family plan. This really is easy math, God's family plan. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 said, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, before he was Abraham, Get out of town. Get out of your country, Iraq. Why? Because Abraham's family were a bunch of pagans. They were unrighteous and ungodly, serving devils, multiple gods. Much of the Middle East and around the Mediterranean, that's still true today. That's why they're uncivilized. That's why the pagan Indians in North America were uncivilized. In Canada, uncivilized. Uncivil uncivil means disorder. God brought order to mankind and humanity. Am I helping anybody? Get out of your country from your kinfolk. That'd be a good thing for many of you to do. You got to get away from your fleshly, flaky, funky friends and family. You didn't know all that was in that verse, but that's what God was saying. Get away from your fleshly, funky, funky family unto a land, and from the Father's house, unto a land that I will show you. He didn't tell him where it was. He said, just get out of town and follow me. And he did it. That was Abram's first step of faith right there. 
He heard God's voice and he obeyed it. Has it come to that? That's why your family and my family has so many granolas in it. Fruits, flakes, and nuts. And I got just as many in mine as you do. I got an aunt that's been married nine times. Thank God kids were not not from all nine, but there's a whole bunch of kids. They're not just estranged. They're strange. I hate to admit this. That my aunt found three husbands from the same bar... In Fort Worth, Texas, what kind of self-respecting Texican man would be found at a bar called the Pink Poodle? (laughs) Pink building, pink parking lot, pink bar. Pink neon on a big tall sign out front across from the truck stop. And she found three husbands in there. So see, I can't talk about your fleshly, flaky, funky family until I talk about mine. That's a mess. It's still a mess. She's in her 80s and she is a stinking mess. Her kids are a mess, except for two of them. Now they're born again, spirit-filled, but they still have a trail of chaos behind them with their children and their former wives and girlfriends, etc. So it, it, I mean, see, it, but yet they grew up in the church. And I tell you what, during praise and worship, they're just crying. Oh, no. I mean, they tune up. I mean, it's. Oh, oh, oh. And they think that's spiritual. No, it's just emotions. Raised in a Pentecostal home, tongue talkers. But refuse to be doers. Let me put back up. Refuse to be hearers and then doers. There's our whole problem in the church today. Pastor, one of the most frustrating things I find, I've been in almost 3,000 churches in 45 years. So I still have people coming to me. Churches just like this. Churches just like mine at home. People will come in and they'll get in a prayer line. They need prayer. I need prayer, Pastor. I need prayer. Pastor, would you come to me? Prayer. I just pray. I was in New Mexico Wednesday night. This lady comes to me. Every time I'm in that church and I'm in there a lot, they call me their de facto associate pastor. The same lady comes to me. She's, she's elderly. But, you know, she's got 
dark hair because you ladies cheat. Anyway. <laughs> dark eyebrows, but we know it's not really dark. Anyway, okay. I, I'm not against that. I'm just saying. I'm just, just, I'm, I'm, studying, I'm studying the road map on the skin, you know, the, the wrinkles and the angles and the, and the curves and the, you know, the, the Y's and the intersections, you know. That's how you, that doesn't lie. The hair can lie, the eyebrows can lie, but the hands and the face, they don't lie. Anyway, unless you did that. Okay. And I'm not against that. Just go to a good one, okay? So, pray for me. How can I know the voice of God? How do I know God if it's God's voice? Now that's, 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 as pastors, they know that that's the most fundamental thing of our walk with God. Knowing God's voice. I have a question for you. Do you know God? I know today we have caller ID on everything. But if you didn't have caller ID and Pastor Doug called you, would you know it's Pastor Doug? Absolutely. He knows it's me when I call him, not because of caller ID, but because of my voice, how I communicate, how I talk. You know his voice because of the way he talks, the way he communicates, because you have a relationship with him. So how do I know God's voice? Do you know God? If you know God, you know his voice. And the voice of a stranger you shall not follow. We've got too many Christians following all the wrong voices. And that's what we've got. We've got all these voices today. We've got all this noise coming at us. Constant. Constant. The more technology, the more noise, the more voices, the more images... And the enemy knows that. Remember, he's the prince of the power of the air waves. He knows how to use the air waves. He knows how to use technology for his advancement of his kingdom. Because he operates in the kingdom of darkness where the air waves travel. Where did he learn that? In heaven as Lucifer. He was the chief musician and worshiper. And he knows the power of the tongue. So I'm stopped in traffic on the way here. It's Friday night. Homecoming games, football games, all kinds of stuff. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff happening over at Hershey Park, you know, and all the, you know, Halloween and stuff. This is the last weekend, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff, and people are piling in there, and they're going to get spooked. Ooh, and they're going to pay for it. Yes. Pay for it. They're going to pay to get spooked. Yes. They're going to pay for scary noises and scary voices. Yes. Inviting evil spirits into their homes and into their lives. And they're going to pay for it. I'm sitting there in this red light and I hear this poof, 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 
And I look around and I don't see anybody. I don't see any young people driving. I don't see any hot rods. I don't see any low riding. I see a mom. She's got a window down about that far. And I rolled down my window on the right side. Am I sure it's coming from that car? It was coming from that car. And it's a mom. But she got some low-riding junior hires sitting in the car with her. And they're bebopping, and their seats are back, and they're all bum, 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 boom, 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 effing this and MF and this and MF and that. And the mom is not even acknowledging the words that are coming across the airwaves. You see, the enemy is using these voices. You know, the old grocery store music used to be Nat King Cole. You know, and, 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 uh, what's the name of the girl that she and her brother used to sing and she died? Who? The Carpenters. She died. You used to hear the Carpenters music and all this stuff. Now you hear, and many times I'll go to the manager and say, uh, I know maybe you don't choose the music here and choose the song list and the, and the set list and the Spotify or whatever you're on. I said, but there's extremely vulgar words. Oh, I don't pay any attention to it. I just work here. I said, yeah, that's the problem. Nobody's paying any attention anymore. Hmm? Yeah, man, that rap and that that hip-hop, that's nasty. What about your country porn? Huh? I got a glass of beer and I got my ass in the sand. Huh? What about that stuff? Talking about getting it on later with the babe in the bikini and all this stuff. That's Jimmy Buffett stuff. Hmm? And that's not even country country. I was in Nashville just two weeks ago. It's, a, it's become a vile city. It's nasty. Folks, we've got to realize what's taking place around us. We've got to learn to fight for the faith. Contend. You know, I spoke to the men about that last year. Out of Jude 3, we've got to contend for the faith. We've got to fight for our families. We've got to fight for our marriages. We've got to fight for our children. It's a fight. We didn't pick the fight. We didn't start the fight. But we better finish the fight or we'll lose everything we got that we, that we hold near and dear to. We call our family so important to us. Our family. Everything's about family. Really? What verse is that? What verse is that? I'll get into that tomorrow. But... Is family important? Absolutely. It's our second highest priority other than God, our family. And we've got to fight for it. We've got to fight for it. My daughter, she's older, five years older, almost five years older than our son. And, you know, I never had a daughter before. 
just my brother and I at home growing up. But at 13, she looked 16 or 17. And everybody just raved about how beautiful she was. That was never our goal, for, to make her beautiful. God did that. But you know what? That was, that was a curse for a while. Her first night in the youth group, I walked her in myself, and I stared down every teenage boy. <laughs> now, where'd you get that? Genesis chapter 2. Where the father made her and brought her to the man. But I said, I'm not bringing her to you vultures. And I even did this. And they knew I meant business. But it was a fight. A fight in prayer. A fight in schedules. A fight in relationships. Who she's going to be around. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a fight. The devil is working overtime at stealing and killing and destroying. He does not have the ability or the authority to just take you out anytime he wants. So what does he do? He enters in through the things that God created. That's what I'm coming back to when I said the devil's not a creator. He's a perverter. He takes what God made holy and he perverts it. God made sex, not the devil, but the devil has perverted it. God made love, but the devil has perverted it. Come on. God, God, God made our bodies to be what they're supposed to be. God made the woman with those curves, but the devil perverts it. God made men with the anatomy he gave them, but the devil perverts it. Hmm? Now they're making, talk about confusion. Now these, these companies are making swimsuits, bikinis for men with a penis pocket. I'm not making this up. They've got them at Target where they also have open bathrooms, genderless bathrooms, right? As soon as they did that, what was that, five years ago? I never spent another dollar, will not spend another dollar at Target, and I've told them so. I've even gone in their store, asked for their manager. So I'm not here to buy anything today. I'm just here to tell you, I used to shop here all the time, but I'm not shopping here anytime because of the policies. I saw, I know it's not your policy, but I just want you to know the reason me and all of our church members no longer shop here is because of this policy. But what happens is we, most Christians, we just, we just bellyache about it. Don't do anything about it. We don't use our voice. We've become the silent majority. And our silence is destructive. Hmm? I didn't say be ugly. I, I, I have great favor wherever I go. Great favor with the airlines. Great favor with hotels. It's not because it's not because bad things don't happen in my flights or my hotels. It's because I don't go up there and go. Oh, what the hell are you talking to the manager? No, 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 no. I go into restaurants and I said, "May I speak to the manager?" Manager and the server will go. I said, "No, it's good. It's good," because they automatically get hammered all the time. And the manager comes up, may I help you? And he's kind of reserved, or she's kind of reserved. I said, it's not bad, it's good. 
Just want to let you know, so-and-so server is a fantastic thing. And your, and your service was great, and your food was excellent. Well, thank you very much. So their shield went down, you know, and they took their helmet off. Because they're, they're used to getting hammered. I said i got to quit, and I am. I want you to see one more thing. Verse 2, Genesis 12. I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. But here's where verse 3 shifts to us. And I will bless them that bless thee, Israel, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What did he just say? If you do it God's way, if you do it the way God ordained it and designed it to be, your family's going to be blessed. My family didn't do it this way. My parents didn't do it that way. My parents didn't start out losers. My mom was a beauty queen. She was, I don't mean she ran for a pageant. She was the head cheerleader. She was the she was the salutatorian of her graduating class of a thousand students at a very prominent high school in Fort Worth, Texas. She was homecoming queen, super intelligent, very beautiful. Met my dad at the rodeo called the called the uh, Great Southwestern Fat Stock Show and Rodeo. It's a three week rodeo. She met my dad on a blind date. My dad's a strapping guy. He'd been a Marine in Korea. He's this handsome dude, cowboy, grew up on a ranch in the Texas Panhandle. My dad is on the cover of a George Strait album cover as a rodeo cowboy. My dad was in McClintock with John Wayne. He was in a number of movies with Audie Murphy and Ben Johnson, and on and on and on. You know, they don't usually put ugly people in those places. My dad and mom were married at Times Square Chapel, New York City, while my dad was rodeoing at the Madison Square Garden. My dad was earning up to $2,100 a day in 1950. That'd be pretty good groceries today, wouldn't it? (laughs) Take that, sheets. $2,000 a day? The first week they were married, I may have told this story last year when I was here, but some of you weren't here. They were invited to go on a new television show called Who Do You Trust? Anybody remember that television show? You remember hearing about it? You young people wouldn't know. If you were born before the 50s, you know what I'm talking about. Or in the 50s. Some of you hadn't discovered America yet when this TV show came out. <laughs> so, they were trying out this young whippersnapper radio guy from Lincoln, Nebraska, named Johnny Carson. It was the beginnings of the Tonight Show that is still in existence today. 
My parents were on that show. Again, they don't put ugly people on TV like that. They didn't start out losers. When my dad died broke, lost his health. When he died, the largest part of his body was his head. That's pretty ugly. My mom's still living today. She's 91, but she's, her body is wasted away. She lost all her beauty long ago to alcohol and drugs. How do you become so messed up when you started out with such fanfare? Trouble comes to all of us, folks. If you haven't had any trouble, it's coming. Just want to warn you. But for the most most of you in this room, you've had trouble. And when you have trouble, you always fall to your floor or your base. And if it's not this, you're in deep doo-doo. We call it different things in West Texas. We slaughter 5,000 head of cattle every 24 hours in our county, in our town. That's a lot of poop. That's a lot of beef. And it's a lot of smell. We've got five major dairies and you can smell. You're not smelling the milk when you smell the dairy. <laughs> All of our dairies are 5,000 head or more. They're huge. One of them is 50,000 head of cattle. That's why we're the number one ag producing county in Texas. Not only the farming, but the dairy, the, the dairy and the cattle, the beef cattle. So trouble comes to all of us. And we fall to our floor, our base. And if it's not the word, we're in trouble. My parents didn't base their marriage on the word. They based it on ability, looks, my mom still has the check stubs of my dad earning that much money, even though they were separated when I was four in 1960. Excuse me, that was 1958. I, I beg your pardon. It was 1960, and they were separated. She still has those check stubs. She still has the eight and a half by 11 sheets of pastel green paper double-sided, double-spaced of the questions they were going to be asked and the answers they were supposed to give based upon the interviews that they had with the producer. She still has that. If you believe in a reality TV that there's no script, you probably also follow pro wrestling and you think it's real. But I played college football with Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. I know pro wrestling is not real. He confirmed it for me. Actually, I already knew that. But anyway. What I want you to see in what I'm communicating tonight and tomorrow is that you're under assault. Your family, your marriage is under assault. You who have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, your families are under assault. And that's why it's so important for pastor 
and Fiona to produce this event, and all of you have helped. Because it's not only for you that are here that have good marriages and good families. It's for you to release this communication and this information and this wisdom from the Word. It's not John George's wisdom. It's the Word wisdom to them to help them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for these families, these individuals that are meeting here this weekend. Lord, you have planned a purpose for each and every one of them and everyone they touch. And I ask you, Lord, that they would receive revelation knowledge far beyond whatever I could communicate, but what you would communicate to their hearts. Lord, you know their individuality. You know their individual lives. You know the, 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 the details of every person here from the inside out. And I pray, Lord, that you heal any wounds that are fractured. You restore any lives that have been devastated. For, Lord, you are the great builder of lives, and you're the rebuilder. And I pray, Lord, for your strength upon their lives, their marriages, their families, their children, their children's children. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, before we dismiss tomorrow, I'll pray for anyone that wants prayer, so don't miss that opportunity. Maybe bring some other people tomorrow that that couldn't be here tonight. Uh, And I know Saturdays are precious, especially for you ladies, because your husband needs to to complete his honeydew list for the week. And I know those are long. Some of them are way past due. Some of them are, they're not yellow amber lights, they're big red horns going off. I know that he has yet to complete. But this is more important than anything that can happen tomorrow. My Longhorns are playing tomorrow. We have any Phillies fans here tonight? Yeah? So I want you to join me in rooting for the Rangers against the Diamondbacks. Would you do that? Okay. I don't know the score tonight, but they're playing. And uh, a man I've met about three or four times, George W. Bush, our former governor and our former president, threw out the first pitch tonight. I hope it was a strike. Thank you, Pastor. You know, I think God, um, he's breaking some things off of us tonight. Amen? Say tonight. Tonight. Me and my family are going to be more free. And more full of God. And more full of his divine purpose. And we're going to follow his way. In Jesus' name. Amen. You believe that? You've got to be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. for Father, we give you thanks and praise for the work that you're doing in these individuals and these families and these couples, Lord, on every level. Lord, you're the God of the single family. You're the God of the multi-person family. Lord, you're the God of the blended family. And Lord, I give you thanks and praise that you make things right. You make things rich. You make things joyful. You make things right. And Lord, tonight, by your Holy Spirit and the anointing,
That's what you're doing. And, Lord, your work is inside out. It's working on the inside, but then we see it on the outside. And I thank you, Lord, that you're reaching in to every heart. And, Lord, they're hearing your voice. They're hearing what you are saying to them in this moment. And, Lord, they're responding by yielding to you and doing your will. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This is good stuff. Hallelujah. And uh, I want you to think about sowing into this tonight. Amen. I forgot to mention it earlier, but, uh, you know, as, uh, as people sow into you, uh, the Bible teaches us that it's right for us to sow into them. And uh, I want you just to think about giving an offering uh, into this. And, uh, you know, we're here to bless people. Amen? And uh, this is how God works. When God wants to get something to someone else, he uses a, per- a person. And so, uh, you know, you, you guys know that you can give any time during the service, so this is any time. <laughs> Amen? And uh, you, know, you guys know how to do it, and you guys are awesome givers, and I celebrate your giving. And uh, come back tomorrow, nine, 9.30 tomorrow, right? 9.30 tomorrow, and... Uh, you know, there's still uh, some room that you can bring someone with you. Think about that. And we're going to have a great time. And then uh, John is also going to be preaching on Sunday morning. So it's just going to be an awesome weekend. We're so glad that you're here. Brother John, it's uh, so great to have you. Yep, and uh, Dr. Fiona and I are going to share. And uh, you can have an opportunity to ask us questions. So... Uh, we're excited about that, but uh, someone say praise the Lord. Someone say amen. You glad you came tonight? Amen. This is good stuff. And, uh, you know, tonight we are just casting our net over families. And uh, we want to reach families and we want to reach individuals. Amen. And this is just this is just a seed for that, and and there's going to be more increase to come. But uh, we're so great, grateful for you coming out tonight, and uh, God bless you. Have a good night, and we'll see you tomorrow morning, nine thirty.